0: which is quite appropriate because Pentecost is the day when the Spirit comes and the gospel starts going out. And here we have in Ezekiel nothing less than the Spirit coming on Ezekiel, lifting him to his feet and saying, Go! Go and tell my word, my message to the nations around. But I feel so sorry for poor old Ezekiel. Don't you feel sorry for this man? Here he is, and God says to him, Ezekiel, you have seen my glory last week. I have descended. You you fell to the ground. Fantastic. You should. I'm God, your man. He, he keeps calling him son of man, son of Adam. Which is just a basic way of saying human. God addresses him, human, I am sending you. Human, go to the people. Sort of, if God rubs it in, God's rubbing it in. I'm God, you're not. I'm sending you. And I'm sending you to do the impossible. You want a title for chapters 2 and 3 of Ezekiel. In fact, if you want a title for Ezekiel chapter 1 to 30-something, it's Mission Impossible. And you've got that music running through your head now. Boom, 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 boom. (laughs) Poor Ezekiel. God says to him, your job is to tell the people what I am going to do. And by the way, until Jerusalem falls, it's not going to be a fun job. Let's have a look at this in a bit more detail. So we find Ezekiel here. Uh, on the ground, chapter 1, verse 28. Oh, that sounds very tinny over there. We find Ezekiel on the ground, prostrate before God. He, he has seen the glorious one on his throne and he's realized that all he can do, uh, a, a sinful man, uh, is just collapse. And the voice comes, the voice of God himself comes and says to him, Ezekiel, no he doesn't, he says, human, get up. And Ezekiel, full of strength and power, jumps to his feet. No, (laughs) Ezekiel is so overwhelmed by the sight of God come in judgment that we're told here that the Spirit, God's Spirit, comes in and Lifts him to his feet. Now, right from the start, there we realize something: that that those who are on God's mission, those who are entrusted into God's service, need God's strength to do that. We saw that a while back when we looked at the topic of spiritual warfare: that we need to be strengthened by the Lord. and And here Ezekiel, he can't even stand up before the Lord. And God lifts him up and says, human, listen to me. Because I am giving you a task. I'm sending you to your own people. I'm sending you to the nation of Israel. And we don't get it in the English translation, but there's actually a couple of different words for nation in Hebrew. And and the one... Here is, uh, forgive my uh, accent, Goy. I'm sending you to the nation of Israel, the goi of Israel, which is, which is a horrible thing for God to say. Because the word he uses for the nation of Israel there is the word that is used for the pagan nations, for the Gentiles. God says, I am sending you to Gentile Israel. I'm sending you not to my people, but to the people who were my people, the people formerly known as my people. I'm sending you to these rebels. Because as far as they are living, they are not my people by their own choice. It's one of those words... It comes across a lot rebel, 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 rebels, rebellious, rebel. Hard hearted. Stiff faced. A rebellious household. Like the image there is of kids who just refuse to listen to their parents and give them cheek all the time. And God says, Ezekiel, my mate, I'm sending you to these people. Aren't you happy? They choose not to be my people. Now, I think I've said this so many times. There is a three-letter word which is probably the most important word ever to spot in a paragraph of Scripture, and that is the word, but... Because it's here in chapter 2, verse 4. They are a stubborn and hard-hearted people, but I am sending you to say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, but I am sending you to them. They say, we don't want to be the people of God. They say, we don't want God to tell us what to do. They say, we are right in our own strength. They say, well, God's already rejected us and hence we are here. They say, God will just do whatever needs to be done. And God says, you are rebellious people, but I have not given up on you. But I am sending you Ezekiel because I am faithful even when the people are faithless. As Paul says, he cannot deny himself. I'm sending you, human, as my ambassador. And it's going to be mission impossible. And the people are going to reject your message. Why? Because you're such a bad message giver? No, because they've rejected me. I'm sending you and you're going to fail wow isn't that a good call isn't that a fantastic This Ezekiel a smile on his face oh, fantastic God I'm going to do something and I'm going to fail miserably well no maybe according to the standards we put on success he fails they will not listen says God but that's not the reason God is sending him. Have a look at what he says in chapter 2, verse 5. He says, "They whether they listen or refuse to listen, remember they're rebels, at least they will know that they've had a prophet among them. At least they will know that they've had a prophet among them. Probably when it's too late. <laughs> when I was praying, I mentioned the fact that we all have families and friends and neighbors who are not Christians. And I know I've got my, my best mate, is a Muslim, and we've been friends for a oh, decade and a half. Still not a Christian. And I think we need to realize that it's not our job to get people ticked off as Christians. Our job, Ezekiel's job, is to say to them, This is what God says. This is God's message to you. And at the end of the day, God will not come up to us and say, you bad servant. Every single person that you met, only 50% became Christians, or only 5% became Christians. I believe God will come up to us if we are faithful to the calling that he gives us here and say, well done, good and faithful servant, because at least they knew I loved them and wanted them to know me. That's our our measure of success, isn't it? At least they knew. On the day when every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess, they will look and say, Colin told me this was going to happen. Pam mentioned something about this. Insert your name here. But what do we have here? So so here we have Ezekiel. He's got this impossible, possible mission that he's being sent on. But, says God to Ezekiel, my friend, human, it's not going to be easy. You are going to rebels. They are going to turn against you. You're going to feel like you're sitting in thorns and briars and and scorpions are going to sting you. It's going to be horrible. They're going to hate you. They're going to cut you. Not literally cut you, but, you know, like totally ignore you. Want nothing to do with you. You're going to feel like you're going to be shattered. And can we imagine our loved ones, our friends, and our neighbors treating us like pariahs? <laughs> Says God to Ezekiel, this is going to be Tough. says, God, to Ezekiel, I promise you they're going to react like this because you are my messenger and they don't want anything to do with me. They're your own people, but they will not accept you. And you won't get your name, Ezekiel, in who's who. When you die, a mention in the newspaper, you won't have a glowing obituary. Ezekiel, the prophet who spoke from God, What a wonderful man. The obituary will read Ezekiel, the prophet of God, spoke the truth. Wish we'd realised. How does one do this? Ezekiel is a long book. It's probably one of the longest prophetic books in the Old Testament. And for the first 30 odd chapters, it is a book of judgment and warning. And God saying to the people, get your act together. Don't you realize who I am? How does one give a message like that? Do we give a message like that today? Should we give a message like that today? Don't tell people about hell. Come on. Can't talk about that sort of thing. We'll get them upset. Don't mention the fact that God is coming back to judge the living and the dead. No, no. It's all about love. And it is all about love. How do we speak about judgment? How does Ezekiel speak about judgment? got the strange picture here of God's hand reaching down and giving Ezekiel the scroll probably made out of papyrus because it's written on both sides and it's covered there's not even space there to draw a little comma mark on it's just covered with writing and God says human take this eat it and you'll notice what happens next is God says, take it, eat it, and then God feeds it to Ezekiel. Swallow it down, Ezekiel. Chew on this. And, and Ezekiel, as it stands there before him and he's eating it, he sees it. It's this words of lament and sorrow and, and, and hardship. And, and, and it's not at all a pleasant thing to read. It's not a pleasant list of words. But, but as he eats it, Don't you love this picture? It's as sweet as honey in his mouth. How on earth does that work? How on earth does a scroll of horrible words of God's wrath and judgment taste as sweet as honey in the mouth? I think there are two reasons here. One, it's God's Word. And so when God speaks words of wrath and lament and mourning, those are words, yes, of of darkness from our perspective, but, but it is right that these things happen. God doesn't ever do things without doing them justly and rightly. And so these words that Ezekiel is eating are good words because they are responding to a bad situation. But on the other hand, even in these words of mourning and sorrow, there is hope and good news. I think it's the writer to the Hebrews who says that God disciplines those that he loves. These are the words of God. And even his words of judgment spring from his character of compassion. And Ezekiel eats it. Revelation chapter 5. It's a very similar picture. John eats a scroll, I think. <laughs> He eats it. Now, this is a vision. He wasn't literally chomping on papyrus, because that would have been horrible. But, but as he eats it, it's, it's symbolic of the very word of God, the message that he is to deliver, coming into him, being consumed by him, becoming part of who he is. You see, Ezekiel isn't just a messenger from God with an envelope in his hand. Ezekiel is a messenger of God who is consumed by the message of God, who consumes the message of God and then cannot help but put it out, cannot help but speak out what God has said to him. Because it's part of who he is now. God says, right, you've eaten the scroll. Let me just remind you, just in case you were feeling really happy with this honey taste in your mouth, Ezekiel, my mate, human, it's going to be tough. Verses 4 to 9 of chapter 3, he says to them, to Ezekiel here, it is going to be so hard because these people are so rebellious and they just want nothing to do to you. In fact, I could send you to the people that have brought you into exile and they speak this weird gobbledygook language that you can't understand, they can't understand you and I tell you what, they would listen and they would turn and they would be saved. Just like Jonah went to the people of Nineveh, people who do not know God and said to them, turn or God will bring His wrath. If you turn, He will forgive you. He will be compassionate to you. And the people of Nineveh said, yes. And Jonah said, no! Just like the people of Israel says God will say no to Ezekiel. The people who know of God's goodness. The people who understand the history that God has had with them. The people who know what God expects of them. The people who know that God is their, their Savior. We see it in the Psalms. God is the one who lifts him up. And the people who know God will say no to the message of Ezekiel because they are they've got foreheads like stone and hard hearts, and 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 into this situation, God says, Ezekiel, I'm sending you. And I tell you what, if they want to play the game of being hard hearted and stubborn, I'm good at being stubborn. And you're gonna be good at being stubborn. Don't worry, Ezekiel. Your forehead's going to be so hard, they're going to knock their brains out trying to get rid of you. I'm with you. I'm sending you. With my word and my message. Maybe they'll listen. We see in the second half of, of chapter three this Ezekiel says is told he is to be a watchman. And God says to him, If you if you tell them to turn and they turn, fantastic, they'll be saved. Some people listened to Ezekiel. Most didn't. He had to speak God's word. He had to deliver the message. And he does it in his own Ezekiel way. He's a nutcase old Ezekiel. But he does it so well. And we leave him in chapters chapter three, verses fourteen and fifteen. We see the Spirit of God lifting him up, and the vision finishes, and he makes his way back to Tel Aviv. And he finds his mates, the people that he is about to start prophesying against. And he sits down with them for seven days, overwhelmed, probably in silence. I struggle to go a day in silence probably half a day, he's stretching it. But so overwhelmed is he by what he has experienced. He's seen God come down. He's, he's been entrusted with this task from God. His mission is so huge that it's just blown his mind. And we're told here that, that as he sits there, he is, let me read it, in bitterness, and turmoil. Or the old translations, the heat of his spirit. Which is a nice way of saying he was angry. I think there's probably two reasons why he's angry. He's probably angry, maybe a little bit, because God has just plucked him out and given him this horrendously difficult job to do. But I think there's another reason why he's angry. There's another reason why his spirit is in turmoil. And that's because he ate the words of God. And as he sits amongst his people, he sees them, I believe in light of how God sees them and it breaks him We are in a similar situation to Ezekiel. But not identical. Because although we too have to warn people of the coming day of the Lord, and we have no right not to do that, Ezekiel has to wait another 10 years until he gets to speak about the hope of restoration. 10 years, 5 years. I lie, 5 years. He's now about 583, 587. Jerusalem falls, chapter 30 something of Ezekiel, and all of a sudden it switches to hope. And God's saying, I am still God. We have a message of hope. And we need to eat this book. Mine's already falling apart, which makes it easier. We need to eat the words of God and have them consume us so that as we sit with our family, as we sit with our friends, as we sit in our backyard and see our neighbors, we see them as God sees them. We see how God cannot stand the way they reject Him. and how much he wants them to be in relationship with him. I want to see our whole suburb, Secret Harbour, Golden Bay, Singleton, Mandurah, wherever we come from. I want to see every house be a Christian house. It's our calling. We have the Spirit of God who gives us the strength just as He gave Ezekiel the strength to stand. Who gives us the ability to endure just as He gave Ezekiel the ability to endure. Is it a possible dream? Maybe. Maybe not. But our job is simply to say, thus says the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.